0: The Voice of true.
1: Welcome to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. We're in the studio today bringing you culture, history, and current events from a biblical perspective, the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So I was in, uh, on vacation all week last week. Pastor.
0: You look well rested.
1: Oh, thank you very yeah. much. I was uh, hoping you would say that. And notice, <laughs> I, I, think, I think I agree with you on that. So we went to the Outer Banks, which is like a strip of land out. Out from the Carolinas where half of West Virginia It just vacations. sounds cool. The outer, it's like you're. You yeah. Know, yeah. You actually. OB, galaxy far, far away. OBX is what the t-shirt oh. says. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So. Um, uh, anyway. You're so hip though. Well, you know, I try to be uh, cutting edge on the, on the show here, especially <laughs> the older I get with um, a teenage girl that I have to impress all the time. <laughs> the pressure is just unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> And um, so we had a great time. Good to be back in town. Good to be back in the studio. Um, so some some uh, interesting things happened in the culture again. We keep having these shootings. Yeah, they don't stop, do they, uh, Pastor? Well, the the shooting that just happened in the mall in Indiana, uh, I find just utterly fascinating in the context of you know the the greater context is is the tragedy of it and how awful it is and yeah. why these things ha- keep happening and why these boys are shooting people mm. and how how almost all of them have no dad or no dad involved in their life that's the greater context yeah. but in terms of of uh, a uh, the minutiae of it or the close up context is this boy that this 22-year-old kid Eli uh I forget his last name which is I should have brought but uh this this kid is is unbelievable what he did hmm. he has he's 22 no military training no police training he obviously had somebody teach him how to use a gun uh because once—
0: Maybe he had a dad in his life.
1: Maybe, I would say without a doubt, mm-hmm. he had a dad in his life. So the shooter comes out of the bathroom, uh, gun, gun loaded, ready to go and start shooting. Within 15 seconds, Eli um, comes—I don't know where he was in proximity to the shooting—but within 15 seconds, Eli the sh- uh, starts shooting. Starts shooting the shooter. He sh- he shot ten times with his pistol at forty yards.
0: Now explain why that's important to maybe somebody who's not familiar with shooting a Yeah, so I'm gun. not a
1: I'm not a I'm not a pistol expert ec- either. But except that uh, a, a pistol is very hard to shoot at, at long distance <laughs> and, and hit the target. Okay, so I've shot. Not like I'm, I'm not a
0: professional shooter, but I've I've shot handguns before. Um, you know, at targets at various. You know distances, and I'll tell you what—you're shooting ten yards away, and that can be challenging.
1: Yes, yes, and forty yards under under a high stress pressure. Oh,
0: man, I can't even imagine
1: uh, situation like this. Out of ten shots, guess how many times he hit the shooter?
0: I only know because you told me eight times. I would have never guessed eight times because that's times. remarkable.
1: It's unbelievable. Yeah. So the shooter um, stumbled back into the bathroom and and died there. Um, so let's see here. This is a, uh, uh, Marshall Wilson, who's a friend of mine, former delegate, uh, posted, he was military, like big time military. Um, he, he posted some, a, a tweet, a tweet from Courtney Spinelli. I don't know who that is. Um, Courtney said, authorities have issued a correction to the Greenwood Park mall shooting timeline. Police say the moment the suspect exited the restroom, And began shooting until he was shot by a 22-year-old man. Was 15 seconds, not two minutes. So they had said two minutes initially. It was 15 seconds. Man, the uh, surveillance video shows Sapperman, uh, the shooter, exit the restroom at 5:56 and 48 seconds. He was neutralized by Eli Dickin. That's his name. at fifty-five minutes, fifty-seven seconds, uh, fifty-seven minutes and three seconds, this uh, error was simply a result of misreading notes and so on. Um, it, it's 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 an unbelievable thing. The, the, here you have a, a a boy who's who's a man's man, and he's been trained obviously by somebody with a handgun. Forty yards, shot ten times, hit the target. The shooter, the evil guy, the bad guy, eight out of those 10 times, killed him, and um, saved how many lives? Nobody yeah. knows how many lives Absolutely. he saved. Um, another but int- obviously, he was yeah. intent
0: on going and shooting up the place. So, I mean, to well, have yes. a guy there that was able to stop it, and this is what people don't understand. Oh, let's get rid of the guns. Let's get rid of the guns. These people who want to go in and shoot up these places. They're going to find the weapons. They're going to find the means, whatever they can. They're They're... They're deranged. They're, they're not well. They, um, they're evil. They're, they're, and, and many times so. And and there are reasons for that. And there are things that we're ignoring in our culture as to the deeper meaning behind all of this. Yep. And we think we're going to solve it by by trying to eliminate the Second Amendment um, and, and take away people's weapons. But this is the deal. This man was a hero and he saved lives because he was the type of person you want, obviously, having access to a a weapon.
1: Yeah, so toxic masculinity masculinity and the Second Amendment saved the day. Yes. And another aspect of the story, Pastor, is that uh, Indiana, where this happened, had just passed, I think several weeks before, constitutional carry. Mm. Constitutional carry just says that you can conceal carry without having to pay for a permit. It basically, uh, you know, we had we passed constitutional carry here in 2015, first year after Republicans took over, and we beat Texas even to constitutional carry. (laughs) They just came on a couple years ago. Get with it down there, Texas. Beating Texas at something, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So it's my actually my second favorite state, but um, uh, so Indiana passed constitutional carry. Which means you can conceal carry without having to get a concealed carry permit and pay that hundred dollars or whatever. Uh, So this boy was was uh, had didn't have a permit, but he was allowed to conceal carry without a permit because Indiana had just passed that law. And who knows, he may not have and probably wouldn't wouldn't have. have. Can, had his gun with his girlfriend that day at the mall. They were just out shopping. So,
0: so juxtapose that with a place like Chicago in the surrounding area that every day is lit up with shootings. I mean, it's not always reported on, but, I mean, they're lit up every day with shootings and murder. And they have some of the strictest gun laws that we have in the United States of America in that area. There's always and, more death in those and, areas yeah, every time. Yeah, and and now you've got a place that just opened up the opportunity for a greater realization of the rights we've already been given by our Constitution, and as a result, lives are saved. When, when, you, when, you, when you stick with what has been given to us from the foundation of our country, God and the principles that we have from Scripture and the laws that are derived from that and the protection that affords you, you have a healthy nation and you have a nation that works. Right now, we don't have a nation that works because we're walking away from all that stuff.
1: We're walking away from God and... and uh... Uh, th- there's got to be a reason why these shootings just are happening one after another mm. and not stopping. Mm. I've got a I've got a story here from Bi- uh, Breitbart that is fairly new. I don't know, probably, uh, yeah, it was it was just a few days ago. Study lists more than 60 times concealed carry permit holders stopped mass shooters. So these people with a, a concealed carry permit. Um, whether it 's you know constitutional carrying or not, these people had a gun and were allowed to carry it uh, and sixty different times that these good guys with a gun stopped the bad guy and this These are just the ones that are permitted these This happens hundreds and thousands of times across the country in in ways we don 't even hear uh-huh. about but uh, here 's sixty big ones and i won 't um, i won 't read them they have three examples of them that are in Lancaster, PA in 21, uh, Duncan, Oklahoma in 2019, and then Chicago, uh, which we know Chicago is just a, a bloodbath there. Mm-hmm. They have the strictest gun laws of anywhere in the country all the big cities do dc mm-hmm. they all say uh you know no good guys you are not allowed to carry a gun and the bad guys all get guns anyway right. and the second amendment applies to everywhere at all times in the united states yeah. of america but um uh 60 times that a good guy with a gun stopped a likely uh mass shooting not yeah. just a, no, and a mass shooting i think is defined by Four shoot, four shot, four people shot, or more. Hmm. So uh, what, a, what a great story. This kid, 22 years old, um, uh, knew how to use that gun at 40 yards. Man, he hit eight, eight out of t- ten times you in know, a high-stress situation. Somebody's
0: contemplating going in and shooting up a place. They're, they're going to have heard about this, and it's going to make them think twice. There's some kid somewhere, you know, if they live in an area where it is pro-Second Amendment and people have the right to bear arms— they're going to think twice before they go into a Seven Eleven, or they go into a mall or they go into a school or they go into a place where they're thinking, you know what, there's probably somebody in here who has a weapon, knows how to use it, and I'm probably not going to get very far with this.
1: Yeah, uh, John Lott, who wrote a book called uh, More Guns, Less Crime, my, uh, he's, he's an expert on this, a fascinating guy, but he, he makes the point from em- empirical data that over 90%, probably 95%, of these shootings happen in gun-free zones. Hmm. Where else? Are, where else would a bad guy go? They're not all stupid. Uh, they're and they're gonna, not, a, and
0: they're not brave, really, either. No, they're so, not brave. So Obviously, the, they're, gonna yeah, they're going to going kill people kids that and, can't shoot yeah. back.
1: So they're going to go in a place where guns aren't allowed right. by by law-abiding citizens. Um, so anyway, great story. Thank God for that boy, and uh, what a hero! Uh, I hope he's recognized. In the in, in the way he should be, hmm. uh, because the Bible says the, the 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 good guys should be recognized, mm-hmm. right? I forget the verse, but yeah. um, uh, the you, you the the role of the government is to destroy evil and to recognize right. the the doers of good, That's like right. this guy. Yep. So uh, there's toxic masculinity. You're not going to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> it's in nature. God puts it in us. All right. So um, I just want to hit one more thing during this segment. There's a a vote in the House of Representatives, uh, run by Nancy Pelosi, who represents San Francisco, probably uh, the most uh, just debauched district in the country. So they had a vote uh, because Clarence Thomas, at the in the Roe v. Wade uh, decision that went down, praise God. And uh, he said, he mentioned Obergefell in that decision, as in, we might be coming after that, too. Obergefell was the decision by the Supreme Court that uh, they had no no uh, authority to make that said, yeah, gay marriage in America mm-hmm. is, is legal. So uh, Pelosi and her gang want to make a point about it, about Thomas's uh, uh, remarks saying, Look Obergefell could be next in our sight. and they passed a bill that would basically say um, it's it is uh law it's going to be law across the land, no matter what the Supreme Court does, so where it will go i don 't know how it the, the, you know the the give and take of the law i i, I don 't know how to how how it will work out, but I do know that the discouraging thing about it was how many Republicans voted with the Democrats and said, yeah, we'll support gay marriage no matter what. Yeah, And there's a several names in here that I want to, uh, I want to point out that are um, local. One of them is a friend of mine, a guy named Mike Carey, who just won a special election over there. Trump endorsed. That's why you can't. I love Trump. Nobody loves Trump more than I. Very few people. Um, Trump endor. You can't trust all of uh, Trump's endorsements. Hmm. in In some aspects, he needs to stay out of these. And in that district, I talked to several people from that district. And and Mike Carey, who I I love him. He's a friend of mine. I, I worked on his campaign twenty years ago when he ran for the state house. And uh, um, he's fr- he's from. Uh, uh, the caller counties around Cincinnati, and a, a great guy. I love the guy. But he voted with the Democrats on this hmm. to allow uh, gay marriage. Uh, so, so I'm just talking Ohio here because we have listeners, no doubt, in Ohio. There's another uh, Congressman Mike Turner from Ohio. He was uh, used to be mayor of Dayton, so he's from that area. He voted yes also. Burgess Owens. I don't know how much you followed his campaign. It was just recently he got elected to Congress. Former NFL football player, mm-hmm. supposedly a Christian right guy. This is the second the second bad vote he's mm-hmm. made like this in Congress. He needs primary. Somebody needs to primary mm-hmm. Burgess o- Owens. I love the guy. I was like, okay, he's he's a he's a, a black conservative. Uh, NFL player. I love to hear him talk. He sounded very. He, he needs primary mm-hmm. second vote. He's made that is uh, that is uh, in support of of sexual chaos is what mm-hmm. is what gay marriage is. And and there's others. Uh, a, a real disappointment. Lee Zeldin, who is um, on Fox all the time with Jim Jordan and those guys. And uh, firebrand, very smart conservative, just won the primary for governor of New York, and here he is on the list voting for uh, gay marriage also. So there's others in there, Elise uh, Stefanik, some folks may know her, Um, but uh, anyway, this is this is not what we need to be happening in D.C., and this is uh, what we need to be standing up against.
0: I read a piece by Todd Starnes. He's, he's really good on many things uh, in the conservative world. About everything. About everything. Yeah. And uh, he said it's, uh, it's, not, it's a, it's a not-so-well-kept secret that Republicans uh, on the Hill are quietly distancing themselves from uh, the social-political issues. Mm and um, are no longer wanting to affix themselves to things like abortion or marriage rights and these types of issues that affect us socially. And I think that this vote is starting to show the pullback on a lot of so-called conservatives concerning conservative social issues, for sure.
1: My thinking on this, Pastor, is that if you had this vote in every state capitol, it would be the same way as it happened yeah, in DC. Sure. Yeah. You got half. The rhinos run the world is, is uh, the sad reality. Adam Kinzinger was on it, uh, voted yes, of course. He's on the J6 panel mm-hmm. along with uh, 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 Liz Cheney. Lynn Cheney, the Cheney gal, yeah. uh, was on there, uh, voted yes also, obviously. But uh, anyway, all right. So next, uh, next segment. We're going to talk about some education stuff from intellectual takeout that's very fascinating. Uh, You'll like this stuff, uh, Pastor. Middle school reading lists 100 years ago versus today. Are we uh, blindly accepting preschool without evidence, and where have all the children gone? Those are three intellectual takeout articles. I'll try to get to all three. We might do a long segment in the next segment. Either way, don't go away, folks. You're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show with Mike Azinger and Brian Leversee. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We appreciate our listeners very much, and um, if you're listening right now, you're a listener, and we appreciate you.
0: <laughs> now you know who you are. <laughs> Just so you, you are a if you're wondering, to you're the a Voice listener now.
1: Show. We appreciate you listening, folks, and uh, we have fun doing it. Um, just cause we get, uh, Rush Limbaugh you to always say this, but you know, we get to get in here and get stuff off our chest. The rest <laughs> of y'all folks just have to Listen. hold it in and, uh, I bet
0: there are people talking back to us in their cars though. Yeah. Or, or maybe just to their radios. And, yeah. There you, you
1: go. Know. But you know what? Everybody, it's like the gospel. There's nobody that, um, that you can't talk to about the gospel. That's right. And, um, just about. Issues of the issues of the day. Talk about them too. Give uh, give a biblical perspective as much as you can, and uh, you know, uh, bring it to uh, bring it to the gospel. You know, that's that's what we try to do. And, hmm. and uh, sometimes we get off course, but but <laughs> the essence of, of our message is: look, this is what's happening, and uh, here's here's the biblical response to right. it. And um, we're ta- we got a uh, I got a, a three intellectual takeout. Articles. If you don't know who Intellectual Takeout is, it's a a group. I think I read Pastor, whether uh, mm-hmm. former. Some of them are former Hillsdale. These are these guys are um, uh, high intellectual mm-hmm. guys and and uh, very conservative. But there's a gal who writes for him who mm-hmm. who <laughs> I always like her stuff. Annie mm-hmm. Holmquist, and she is. Uh, I think she's just like a little stay at home mom or homeschool mom, and she just. Writes great stuff. So she wrote a book, Middle School Reading Lists, 100 Years Ago Versus Today. Wow. wonder how this is going to be. So this won't be real long, but I'm going to read most of it. Uh, she says, I recently dug up a 1908 curriculum manual in the Minnesota Historical Society Archives. That's what I do on weekends. I go to, <laughs> I go to the West Virginia Historical Archives uh, honey, and just guess, start reading stuff. Guess
0: what we're going to do this weekend. Oh, buckle up. And she, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Like, oh, good, good.
1: <laughs> it provided instructions on everything from teacher deportment, whatever that is, to recommended literature lists for various grades. As a book lover, I was especially interested interested in the latter, which was a recommended literature list. With the exception of a few textbook-like anthologies, the chart below lists the recommended reading material for Minnesota 7th and 8th graders in 1908. Here they are. Evangeline Henry uh, Wadsworth Longfellow, Harold Lost uh, Lost of Sa- Saxon Kings, Edward uh, lighton Tanglewood Tales, Nathaniel Hawthorne. Hmm. I won't read all these, but you got Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. These are
0: weighty authors. These and, are heavy, yeah,
1: d- uh, deep, uh, tried and true yes. authors uh, from from history. Rudyard Kipling, Washington Irving, uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, James Fenimore Cooper, and. Uh, and uh, uh, books that you would you would know. There's too many to to list. But she says, "What uh, with uh, such a list in hand, I decided to examine if the common accusation that today's education standards have been dumbed down is really true." To make sure I wasn't unfairly weighting the survey in favor of the past, I went to one of the Twin Cities metro area's finest districts, namely Edina Public Schools. So she lives in Minnesota. She Reads uh, this Minnesota reading list from 1908 of seventh and eighth graders. She says, "Okay, let's see what this uh, what one of our best public school systems in the state of Minnesota I hear. is teaching. Let's see how it compares." In uh, what 2000? What year is this written? 2016. So this is a few years old, but uh, this is the list. "A Step from Heaven" by Anne Nah. Uh, the Adventures of Tom Sawyer, so that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Homeless, Bird, uh, The Breadwinner, uh, Uprising. Uh, the, all of them are fairly new, and uh, you're going to see are, uh, don't have the depth of a, of a mud puddle. There, the exceptions would be uh, Tom, uh, Mark Twain, Tom Sawyer, and um, there was one other I saw. That seemed to be good, but anyway, all right. So this is this is how she analyzes it, uh, Pastor, and uh, this is is very interesting. And examining uh, examining these lists, I noticed three important differences between the reading content of these two eras: 1908 and uh, 2016. Time period was the first one. One of the striking features. Of the new list is how recent the titles are. Many, uh, many of the selections were published in the 21st century. Hmm. That's like now, folks. Yeah. In fact, only four of the selections are more than 20 years old. In comparison, over half of the titles on the first list, 1908, were at least um, 20 years old in 1908, with many of them averaging between 50 and 100 years old. Wow. So you're getting time. a depth
0: of history, yes. a historical Something viewpoint. Something
1: tried and true. Yes. So garbage, no matter how much it's it's hailed and celebrated when it first comes out, garbage it ends up in the garbage. Yeah, room.
0: it doesn't stand the test of time. Yes, and
1: many books. That's why
0: you have classic works, and that's why you have to revisit the classic works is because they have principles in them that you can't pull away from. And it doesn't matter what generation comes and goes, you point back to these as being the— the hallmarks and the 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 bedrock of culture.
1: Yes, and, and which is why we don't learn Western culture about anywhere. It's evaporating. It, it, it's gone, uh, except for a few places like Hillsdale College, but and uh, uh, some Christian schools. But uh, Western Western culture uh, has been systematically uh, destroyed uh, in the last well, they decades. Don't, they don't want us to know who because we were. They don't want us to read it yeah. because they don't want our kids reading the great works. Right. So uh, we our, our kids watch uh, TikTok now instead of <laughs> the Western classic. <laughs> Thematic elements. A second striking difference between the two book lists are the themes they explore. The first is full of historical references and settings which stress uh, stretch from ancient Greece which is uh, tangled with tales to the Middle Ages to the founding of America um, and uh, uh, which is a book called uh, Courtship of Miles Standish, Standish oh. which I, don't, I haven't read, but it is uh, I've heard about. Uh, through highly recognized authors such as Longfellow, Stevenson, Kipling, and Dickens, these titles introduce children to a vast array of themes crucial to understanding the foundations upon which America and Western civilization were built. Number three, there's more in that, but I'm gonna skip down here. Number three, can re- I say something about that? Though? Yeah, sure. Because Go ahead.
0: I think you know, isn't that why whenever you get a totalitarian regime in and they have an agenda, that's why they want to burn the books and that's why they want to eradicate the histories because they only want their agenda to be focused on. And if you can, if you can pull up people like Dickens and you can look at the folly of man and the righteousness of God and see how that contributes to a culture. It's really hard then to place your agenda of anti-God, anti-humanitarian, anti-whatever, mm-hmm. and you go into this woke stuff. That that that's the mechanism for brainwashing people away from who we are and trying to reform them in a new image. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's why they're pulling away the depth of these these uh, works is because it points to something that doesn't fit the agenda of the day.
1: Yeah, and when you when you haven't read great, deep writing, uh, you won't be offended by the shallow, right. garbage, often yeah. pornovic, pornogra- uh, pornographic stuff. Yeah. The kids are being fed today. Yeah. But this is deep. I mean, it, 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 uh, yeah, I, I'm a reader. I, I've read lots of books. I have lots of books. Mm-hmm. And I've read great writing. Right. Right. Um, so that I know that if I pick up a book that's garbage, I, I know what garbage is. Right. I can't stand listening uh, or reading uh, 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 bad writing. Mm. And I'm gonna, uh, we're going to get into this here in just one second. Some bad writing in these new books that you just can't believe uh, somebody published. <laughs> okay? And this is what our kids are being fed. Um, many of the schools on the uh, the new list... Use fairly simple, understandable language, a vocabulary familiar to the modern reader. Consider the par- uh, first paragraph of nothing but the truth. So this is on the reading list of the new books. Listen okay. to this. Quote, Coach Jamison saw me in the hall and said he wanted to make sure I'm trying out for the track team. Four exclamation points. Who, do, who does that except <laughs> Facebook? Said my middle school gym teacher told him I was really good. Four exclamation points. Then he said that with me on the Harrison High team, we have a real shot at being county champs. Fantastic. Six exclamation points. He wouldn't say that unless he meant it. have to ask folks about helping me get new shoes. Newspaper route won't do it all. But Dad was so excited when I told him what Coach said that I'm sure he'll help. Okay, so that that that's what our kids are reading apparently now. That's the new one. Now compare that to Longfellow from Evangeline. This is the foremost primeval. The murmuring pines and the hemlocks, bearded with moss and in garments green, indistinct in the twilight, stand like druids of old with voices sad and prophetic. Stand like harpers' whore with boards. Th- That rest on their bosoms, loud from its rocky caverns, the deep-voiced neighboring ocean speaks in an accent's disconsolate answers the wail of the forest. I didn't know what he said.
0: <laughs> well, there were no emojis in it, so how can <laughs> so, you? Uh, and, and, and that it, just it, shows
1: you that, that, that's profound, but, deep uh, writing.
0: What I really liked you focusing on in those other works were the exclamation points because you have to make up. <laughs> you have to make up for your lack of content. By yeah. saying no, really, this is good. This is really exciting. Let me draw you in with my twelve exclamation <laughs> Exactly, points. and
1: it's it's <laughs> it's a reflection of our generation that over emotes. Yeah, oh, everything has to be. Everything true. is over. Uh, 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 our 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 virtue is is demonstrated in how well we emote.
0: Our virtue is only signaled. That that's it. There's no real virtue. It's just. Well, Hey, I don't have to write anything important. All I need is four exclamation points.
1: Yeah, and and to be uh, and to be on board with the with the, the the newest wave or whatever it is. All right, the first example uses simple words and a casual sentence structure, while the second uses a rich vocabulary and a complex writing format. Yeah, naturally, some might look at the second selection and say. Good grief! How do you expect a child to understand that? But uh, uh, obviously, no. Uh, and she makes that point. She goes on. I'm, wanna, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, she makes the point. It, 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 there's no, there's no comparison. No. It's embarrassing. I w- who publishes that first, uh, that first few paragraphs that I read? Who publishes that? Who who writes that <laughs> and is not totally embarrassed that, to put their name to it? Yeah. And that just shows you our uh, kids today, uh, you know, are not being taught how to write, how to think, uh, to appreciate uh, things that are deep and beautiful and wonderful. And writing and great writing does that.
0: It does. And, and great writing moves the soul. It, it just does. You know, when, when you have well-framed speech and you have well-written words it impacts your life. It just does.
1: It, it absolutely, it absolutely does. And uh, especially when it's in the context of virtue mm-hmm. and and God, Yeah. it, it moves you and, and hardens you into a position of loving God and standing for God. I
0: think the proverb is words fitly spoken are like apples of gold in frames of silver, something like that. Pictures of silver. Pictures of silver. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, correct you on there thank you for the thank you for the correction four <laughs> exclamation points
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a six one. Six oh, that was a six one okay all right. all right so how are we doing on time here do we have time for uh, a couple more 10 minutes apiece 28 that was 14 minutes um all right so let's do one more are we uh which one
0: uh where did all the children oh, go Chal- let's do that th- one
1: that one's really compelling so We'll do. Are we blindly accepting preschool without evidence? Um, we'll try that next week. Where have all the children gone? Oh man, that one tugs it. This is Carrie McDonald. Do you know who she is? Sam, Sam, so Sam, she's nice. uh, she's uh, with uh, um. uh, Foundation for Educational Excellence or Economic Excellence or something. She's a she is a stalwart in in the education arena in terms of freedom and parental hmm.
0: um, rights and
1: parental rights yeah. and and all that. She's excellent. Carrie McDonald. She says it's summer vacation, but you might not know it from the absence of children on streets and sidewalks. I've noticed this since the day my kids were born 21 years ago. Anywhere we've lived, there had I grew up with kids everywhere. Mm-hmm. You may have too, I don't know, but uh in my neighborhood. We were full of
0: we, – I had friends all we, over the place. We
1: played baseball, yeah. football, basketball. Right in the street. All year round. Yeah. We, the, the parents came out at night. Everyone was in the streets. We were.
0: The uh, kids got called home for dinner, and that was about the only time the kids were in the house, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get out of the house was yep. what I <laughs> yep. It's summer vacation, but you might not know it from the absence of children on streets and sidewalks and parks and public spaces. Just as afternoons and weekends during the school year are more void of children than ever before – so, too, is summertime. Where are all these young ones? This is written in 2017, but nothing's changed. Increasingly, they are contained in structured, adult-led, often indoor activities where they're told what to do, what to think, and how to act. Those play-filled afternoons with the neighborhood kids we remember from childhood, gone. Those long summer days outside with friends roaming in woods and water, Gone. A quaint memory. Today, for many children, nearly every waking hour of their day is orchestrated by someone else. Yep. And many of these kids were downstairs playing video uh, those stupid yep. video games. Free, unstructured, unsupervised childhood play in our public spaces is an artifact of a bygone era. As Jay Griffiths writes in her eloquent book, A Country Called Childhood, That moves you, too, doesn't it? How has childhood become so unnatural? Mm -hmm. Wow. Why does the dominant culture treat young humans in ways which would would be illegal if applied to young dogs? Born to burrow and nest in nature, children are now exiled from it. They are enclosed indoors, caged and shut out of the green and vivid world in ways unthinkable a generation ago. That's what the author says in uh, A Country Called Childhood. Quiet neighborhoods aren't the only consequence of this trend away from natural childhood play. Mounting evidence reveals a rise in childhood mental health issues as children's play declines.
0: Yeah. How about that? I agree with that. I think that, you know, a lot of the formative years of childhood – Playing and figuring things out, and almost killing yourself because you built that treehouse and figured out, oh, I need one more nail. Um, I think some of those lessons are so valuable to development. We had
1: uh, tree houses and we had war with the the closest (laughs) neighborhood, which was never war, but we actually shot bottle
0: rockets at each other in the treehouse. Don't do that, kids. Don't.
1: uh, Right. In his 2011 article for the American Journal of Play, Boston College Psychology professor, Dr. Peter Gray, argues for a causal link between the systematic decline in play and the corresponding rise in childhood anxiety, depression, feelings of helplessness, narcissism, and other mental illness indicators. So uh, we were born to be outside too, yeah. right? Kids are. We're not supposed to be inside. God made a God made a natural world for us to explore yep. and to be curious about. And we're naturally cl- curious about it. And uh you know we have helicopter moms and dads nowadays mm-hmm. and we all feel that to an extent because things are dangerous now and and uh, they're not like they were 50 right. years ago. And uh but uh same time, man, we, we got to let our we uh, uh there's a a book I I uh, I bought Ten years ago, and never read it, but the title of it, uh, "Last Child in the Woods."
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, you you don't have to read it almost because of the title. Kids aren't going in the woods. Kids aren't exploring. Boys, especially, you know that that uh, uh, Boy Scouts is about destroyed now. Um, But there's a new group, uh, Trail Life.
0: Yeah, we're launching it here. Are you? Yeah, we're hoping to get it up and going this fall. We've already got our leadership scheduled. We've already got the charter. Completed. Praise God! And I tried so, to get my boy in that yeah. ten years ago, yeah. and there
1: was nothing near.
0: It. We're the only one in uh, West Virginia in our area.
1: Oh, that's great! Yeah, praise God. Well, yeah. that's what we need. Yeah, we need uh, we need things like that. But uh, and they've got
0: a girls' one too, Heritage Girls or something like that. Yeah, I think yeah. And so as soon as we get the pattern down for this, then we're going to launch that one too.
1: That that is wonderful, wonderful news. Uh, um, the boy Scouts has has gone off. The deep end, gone woke with everything else, but um, that's about that's about. If the article, I could go on into it, but uh, where have all the children gone? By Carrie K. E. R. R. Y. McDonald, who's a uh, a lady and a great writer. I read a lot of her stuff on on uh, a Facebook feed. Uh, just uh, she's from oh freedom from of economic education or. Something like that. But uh, she's a great writer, has great stuff, excellent st- on parental rights, education freedom, micro schools and uh, charter schools, and which we have in West Virginia now. Yeah. Uh, when does that
0: start? When so is the – It's
1: in the course now. Micro schools has started. Uh, charter sc- – or uh, ESAs, education savings accounts, had started. And then a judge said, nope, not going to do it. And all these parents, like three thousand um, kids would be six thousand or so parents roughly um, now have to f- f- find some other some some other option they have wow. to keep their kids where they were or whatever but but uh, it's less than uh you know it, it, it's never more than three percent of the public school population. ours is like over two hundred thousand kids but um uh, even in the big states where there's a, a, a lot of kids that are taken out of public schools into private schools it's only about three four percent right but this judge um said no charter school so that's going to be appealed hmm. and another judge said uh nope no you can't close down these abortion clinics and can't be having this eighteen hundred 1850 law on the books not going to do that either so that's going to be appealed also our attorney general we have a good Uh one thank the lord for him so these are going to be appealed and uh it's just new battle new day new battle it was it was uh for for uh i think 19 days there was no abortion in west virginia yeah but
0: um tell the ruling
1: and uh, so we're going to be fighting in the legislature uh Ohio's fighting also with uh, they have the heartbeat bill, which is a great bill. It takes it almost to conception, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, be, we'll be moving in that direction too. Lord willing, we'll have a, a big victory. All right, so we're going to bump out of this segment. We'll be back, folks, with more great stuff on the Voice of Truth radio show. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, Mike Singer, and got my co-host, Brian Leversey. We are in the house, in the studio of Fellowship Baptist Church. Do you know anyone at Fellowship Baptist Church?
0: It's a couple people. You do? Yeah. Okay. Oh,
1: well, you're the pastor. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, uh, Pastor Brian you, Leversey. You caught me. And uh, if you need a church, I highly recommend. F- you know, there's a lot of good churches in the Valley. That's right. One thing about this valley pastor and, and uh, uh I'm not trying to pick on you at all but, but you you've, you've only been here a couple of years right. and, and you're you know you came at a hard time Yeah, for right before COVID. So, yes. <laughs> but there the, the valley here uh has a a rich history of of a lot of great Christians and a lot of great yeah. pastors. Yeah, you know, and I'm
0: getting I'm getting a sense of that even in my short time here. You yeah. know, uh, a lot of uh, preachers have just been real friendly to me to reach out to yeah. say, "Hey, we're praying for you." You know, if there's anything we can do for you, um, you know, I had a pastor in the area when I first got here. Send me a a bowl of a uh, really nice fruit and a, a neat welcome to the area card. So mm. just just a lot of really neat things happening in the MOV for the glory of God. I believe. Yes,
1: and in um, uh, the history, I mean, it's it's been that way for uh i don't know 50 75 years yeah it's it's been uh it's been that way and and there's been you know scandals like everywhere everywhere else but uh but not not a lot yeah and a lot of uh you know i i, I you know my family my sister got saved uh not through the church we grew up in but through a friend at junior high whose family had just got saved through a local pastor Wow, and uh, she went to a, a a Bible camp, got saved there, and then you know our our whole family, to one degree or another, is serving God, hmm. and has been for many years, and it's because of uh, a, a lot of a great. Preachers who have visited and come in the area and preached, and a lot of great pastors, and we still have a lot of great uh, pastors that's great. also, and including mm-hmm. Fellowship Baptist Church. Are we blindly accepting preschool without evidence? This is—we uh, weren't going to do this one. In the last segment, we're going to do it, folks. Um, this is Intellectual Takeout. The author is Annie Holmquist again. Last fall, we shared a new bit of preschool research conducted by the Peabody Research Institute at Vanderbilt. The research found that Tennessee's state-funded voluntary pre-kindergarten program made little difference in giving children a head start in learning. Hmm. In fact, the time in preschool actually seemed to make children fall behind their peers who had not attended. Results such as these have made Brookings scholar Dale Farron question the modern rush to turn preschool into a panacea for the nation's woes. In a recent report for Brookings, uh, Dale Farron, must be a gal, she said pre-K expansion and head start collectively are like having a hammer with the consequences that every problem is then perceived as a nail. Farron goes on to caution against continuing this game of preschool whack-a-mole until further research uh, research is done about its true effects. This caution, however, is rather unpopular uh, unpopular in the public arena. So here is a... uh, Um, it has become, I'm not sure who says this, I guess this is Farron again. She says, it has become blasphemous to even raise reasonable questions about the design and effectiveness of preschool programs. State pre-K, like Head Start, is a program with many staunch advocates and no reliable data demonstrating long-term positive effects. Mm. And both pre-K and Head Start are proposed for increases in funding in next year's federal budget. I'm not sure what state she's coming from. The danger is that the opportunity to help poor children is being squandered on poorly conceived programs that do not accomplish what is hoped for them. In fact, both programs are inaccurately described and understood in their reality, but exist instead in some idealized fashion in the minds of policymakers and advocates. No new policy initiative should be launched without an un- Accompanying rigorous evaluation of its effects, it is a disservice to children to do otherwise. So that's what uh, that is what Dale Farron of Brookings says. Then Annie Holmquist says preschool education is largely based upon the thinking that the earlier we get children into the hands of the education experts, the less likely they will be to fall behind. <laughs> Traditionally, however, children were not expected to start school until age 7, a pattern which some teachers are suggesting be revived for fear of creating burnout amongst young children. If we continue to stray from this traditional pattern and instead choose to play the preschool whack-a-mole game, might we actually hurt instead of help our children in the process?
0: I think there's so much there to unpack because, you know, for the longest time, our culture has viewed all of life through the lens of education. Education is God. If you don't have the right education, you're going to get behind. If you don't graduate from the right college, you're not going to find (laughs) employment or or be able to, you know, support your family. Um, Don't you want your child to be well educated? Uh, You've got people fighting to get their kids in the best schools and and we've elevated secular education to this degree that they've they've just you know basically run the home now and i it goes to figure why it's where all of the agendas of the day are being pushed towards our children so if they can get them younger and younger and younger and away from the parents sooner and sooner and sooner mm-hmm. then they've got a chance to mold those young minds and hearts very early on. I mean, the, the yeah. most important years of your children's education is when they're in your home uh, at the ages between, you know, one years old and five years old. You form so much in your children. Like my five-year-old, she's already got scads of scripture memorized mm-hmm. just from my wife teaching her scripture at home. Yeah. She's, she's already reading. She's already, I mean, well, I mean, pretty well for her age. She's already doing math. She's yeah. she's she's five years old.
1: And your wife homeschools. And right?
0: she homeschools and you know, she puts a lot of time and attention into it. But, you know, uh, to me, if if you're not imprinting on your children the values that you know are important in your home, especially as a Christian parent, hmm. and you're turning that over to especially if you don't have them in a Christian education system and you're just turning them over to a secular education system, I I really would caution against that. I think you are opening up a, a window. Of the world into your child's heart that you do not want to open up at that age, particularly. Mm, yeah, and, and uh,
1: I, I, you know, I, th- I think that's the mode of the our, our public schools, uh, government schools. I think is a is a, a really a, a better term, um, but the it, it, it's where we're having to fight all of these uh, all of these secular ungodly uh, philosophies like uh, like critical race theory, right. critical theory, the LGBT battle. And Which is prolific now. It's, I mean, it's, it
0: is so in your face. It, it, like, I, I, I've noticed even in the last two years, I'm going to say, even in the last two years, um, and we're not sheltered in our home from everything. We'll, we'll, we'll flip on and try to find even a streaming show that, that we can try to get into or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've not been able to turn on any programming that in the first five minutes of a of a show that we're trying to watch, there isn't a strong push to establish the normalcy of the LGBTQ yeah. slash hyphen semicolon whatever. Yeah. It just is in your face, and and it is in the school system as well. Yeah. And and the issue is is it's a perfect storm because oh, don't let your kids get behind. Don't, parents are feeling pressured that they're doing poorly by their children, if not getting them in the school system earlier and earlier. And you've got to have the dual income. If you want to live the lifestyle you want to live. And so this is the perfect scenario. I can have somebody else watch my children while I go to work. Hmm. And uh, it's time that parents get back to sacrificing some of their ideal, perfect materialistic lifestyle and invest in their children Mm -hmm. and say, it's worth the investment for me to imprint these values that are so dear and so important to me onto my child instead of turning that over to somebody and, else. And,
1: and plus the importance of, you know, um, my, my wife and I decided from the beginning we uh, we weren't going to do daycare. You know, we were yeah. going to—my wife stayed home mm. with our kids. And, uh, you know, even, even whether or not I was making a lot of money, I worked mm-hmm. at a Christian radio station making— uh, 27000 a year mm-hmm. and had to work a, a job cleaning yep. a, uh, uh, the repair stall at, at a Ford, Ford dealership mm-hmm. at night. But we decided uh, that, that my wife's going to be home. Yeah. And that bond that children need with their mom, especially yeah. in the early years— Is 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 just something that is irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. It's irreplaceable, and it's essential. Um, And I think that that's what the devil's doing. He's he's, he's severing the bond between Mm -hmm. child and parent. And I think that's a lot of what we see in the streets. You know, with the BLM, the Antifa, you know, uh, the gangs in in the cities are they're looking for mom and dad. Mm -hmm. It's
0: it's Lord of the Flies. Hmm.
1: I haven't seen that one.
0: You know, it's it's basically. Children are on an island of themselves. It's the turnkey household. You know, it's yes. just we, we leave our kids to themselves and, um, and to the world, and we're reaping the consequences of that as a culture. We
1: have a lord of the fly in here. We're swatting, yeah, we we're swatting it <laughs> away.
0: is aggressive. Is that what
1: made you think of it?
0: I think so. <laughs> All
1: right, so let's do one more story. Ex-flight attendant. How much time we got? We got about four or five minutes. Ex-flight attendant wins $5 million. We'll, st- we'll finish with a feel-good one here. Ex-flight attendant wins $5 million after being fired over abortion views. She said today is a victory. So this is a good little feel-good hmm. story. Southwest Airlines, a federal jury in Texas, awarded a former flight attendant millions of dollars after she was fired in light of her abortion views. The, uh, the decision happened after... The Transportation Workers Union of America, Local 556, along with Southwest Airlines, fired Charlene Carter regarding her religious uh, conviction. Fox News uh, reported Friday. So this was last Friday, just a few days ago. Um, On what appeared to be our Facebook page, Carter thanked her loved ones Thursday for their prayers during the ordeal. She said, in all caps, I give Jesus... All the glory for this win. And uh, well, let me turn the page here. And follower, uh, followers were quick to respond. I'm so proud of you for sticking with your values and beliefs. One uh, one person commented, you really stood up for what is right and good. You have been blessed and shown favor for your faithfulness. I'm very happy for your outcome. Another one, uh, yeah, some of these are covered up. Um, Meanwhile, Carter told Fox Business today is a victory for freedom of speech and religious belief. She continued, I am so humbled and thankful for today's decision for everyone who supported me these past five years, including the National Right to Work Foundation. In 2019, the foundation said Carter turned to its staff attorneys for help. So here's a tweet, her tweet, with a uh, picture of her. Flight attendant Charlene Carter turned to uh, Right to Work staff attorneys after union bosses demanded she be fired for her religious beliefs and support of the National Right to Work Act. So she basically put on her Facebook page, uh, some some beliefs about abortion. I'm pro-life, and uh, she loves Jesus. And that's
0: why she got fired? And that's just... why she got fired. Wow. Southwest
1: fired her. Apparently, her union tried to fire her. Carter resigned from the union in 2013, so there's a little vengeance there. Here's the, <laughs> the rest of the story. Once she realized their views did not agree. However, she was required to pay uh, fees due to her job. That's what right to work is. We passed it here. It just says basically, basically you don't have to join a union but uh, she got fired for her abortion views and uh the court said we nope, can't do that. We're still America in some aspects. Okay. We still have freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of conscience yeah. How about those yeah. for for uh the good things. Yeah. All right. So, we're out of time for today, folks. Anything else we got 30 seconds past or anything else you want to uh 15 seconds.
0: I just want to point out again how well rested you look from Thank your you. vacation. Thank you very I, it, much. Uh, did you want to point you, that out again? So, sometimes you go on a vacation and you need a vacation from your vacation, but you look well. After this, well I'm
1: going to get my vacation from my vacation. <laughs> All right, folks, have a great day. This is the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We love you. Have a good day. See you next week. I will choose to.